Hi, beautiful being. Welcome to Primally Nourished. I'm your host, Bridget Woolley, nutritional therapist, nervous system optimizer, embodiment and trauma awareness coach. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration, information, and effective strategies in the realms of health, movement, mindset, and all things personal growth. My mission with each episode is to help you navigate your health and to create consistent and sustainable habits that align with your personal values through accessible, holistic, and functional nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle education. The focus of this podcast is to share about experiences from my own life, as well as the regular patterns and questions I see in my practice as a holistic health practitioner, and to inspire you on your own unique journey to vibrant health. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. The topic of today is nourish, <laughs> nervous system nourishment. In my last episode, I shared a bit about my story and my upbringing and some of the traumas that I've navigated throughout my life, which set the stage for a pretty dysregulated nervous system and pretty much chronically living in a sympathetic state. And this is one of my favorite quotes. Um, I'm, I'm not sure who it's by, but it's, we see the world through the lens of our nervous system. So what are the two different states of the nervous system? Well, we're in sympathetic, which can be fight or flight, freeze, shut down. In this state, we have elevated cortisol, the stress hormone. We can see the world is out to get us, living in a state of defense, being on guard, feeling anxious, living in the future. And then we have the parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest, right? So in the state, we're feeling more grounded, uh, pretty peaceful, clear, relaxed, open, connected to our intuition, or living in the present. Now, the nervous system has a huge impact on the ways that we are also able to uptake nourishment. So what is the nervous system? The nervous system consists of our brain, our spinal cord, and all of the nerves that branch out and extend to all parts of our body. Right, so it functions as the command center, helping our body's organs and brain communicate with each other. It reacts to changes in our environment outside of our bodies, taking in information from our senses and helping our bodies to regulate and return to homeostasis and to also perceive when there's a threat and let us know if we need to fight, flight, or flee, or allow us to return to a state of calm. So the nervous system is kind of the, the, the one in charge of our system, right? So that, that quote is very true. We, we see the world through the lens of our nervous system. So whatever state we're in, right? Our brain is going to communicate that to our body. And then we are going to see, right? Our brain and our spinal cord are attached to our eyes. So we are literally going to see the world um, through whatever state we're in. And you could kind of reflect on this within your own life. Have you noticed like, um, 
if you know, if, if you're familiar with how it feels when you're in these different states, right? So the parasympathetic, you're relaxed, you're calm, you're chill, right? Things are pretty great in that state. Um, usually you feel pretty open or loving. Your heart rate's slower. Your body's more open. Your heart's more open. Um, and when you're in that sympathetic state, it's right? It's like keyed up. I feel tense. I feel in pain. I feel my heart is racing. I have shortness of breath. Um, maybe I'm not even aware of my breath, right? So, um, nervous system is, is, is a pretty powerful thing here. Um, it's the nervous system is always asking, how is my body responding to my environment and how can I maintain safety or balance? Right, so a lot of us probably grew up um, not really feeling that safe in the world. Um, you know, depending on your childhood or your upbringing or your birth experience, right? Our, our nervous system begins to develop when we're in your utero, when we're first conceived. It's impacted by our earliest environment, our, our mother's womb, our birth experience, our childhood. Um, the foods and nutrients we received or didn't receive, and then how we carry these patterns into adulthood. So our nervous system is our friend. (laughs) It's always trying to protect us. And it's developed uh, based on, on these experiences, based on our environment, based on our birth, based on our patterns. And we can change um, how our nervous system responds which is pretty cool. We can change how it responds through a lot of different tools I'm going to talk about throughout this podcast. Um, But the first thing is our nervous system and our brain need essential vitamins and nutrients from the foods we eat to function properly. And one of the most important nutrients is B vitamins. So vitamin B1, B6, and B12 in particular. These essential nutrients directly impact our heart, our mood, our performance, our weight, our digestive system, our hormones. It needs these specific nutrients to be able to produce energy throughout our bodies so our organs, our heart, and liver can function adequately. B vitamins also play an important role in making neurotransmitters, which are serotonin, melatonin, dopamine, GABA. Our body needs to be able to make these because they have a direct impact on our mood and our hormones. B vitamins are also essential in helping the body be able to detoxify by itself, right? Our, our body should naturally be able to detoxify. through our skin, through our limp, through our lungs, through our breath, through our liver. Um, But if we don't have the essential nutrients, specifically B vitamins, it can be harder for those processes to naturally happen. Another way that nourishment or nutrients can impact our nervous system is by elevated or dysregulated blood sugar. So if we're not eating the right balance of macronutrients if we're eating a really high carbohydrate diet or just basically not getting in enough nourishment, like under eating or restricting too many foods or, or calorie restricting or through disordered eating patterns, then our adrenals will send the message to our brain that we are dysregulated or in a stressed out state. 
Now, a lot of us may not be getting these nutrients regularly in our, in our diets, or maybe we didn't for a large chunk of time. So there's a majority of us who are walking around um, with, with symptoms that relate to this, like little to no energy a lot of the time, um, a lack of motivation, extreme fatigue, not really feeling like maybe you want to want to do much or having little passion or not feeling much purpose. Maybe feeling like anxious and depressed, hopeless, flat. And also maybe um, some, some other signs that can show up from a dysregulated nervous system is feeling dizzy upon standing. Um, easily fatigued. I think I already mentioned that, but specifically when trying to work out or, or even just doing any natural type of movement like hiking or walking, uh, you might notice you have shortness of breath. You might have a hard time concentrating or remembering or focusing. Okay, so what foods can we incorporate that have B vitamins that are really high in B vitamins? Well, eggs, beef, Fish, tuna, most animal products are are high in B vitamins. Shellfish specifically, uh, leafy greens, organ meats. All of these contain high amounts of B vitamins. And then those of us that are vegan or vegetarian or choose not to eat animal products will need high levels of supplementation um, for for specifically B1, B6, and B12, or, or just taking a really good quality, complete B vitamin complex. Now, for me, just kind of using my own, um, using myself as an example here, I used to have a lot of these symptoms from childhood, all these things that I mentioned. Um, and they carried on th- throughout adulthood. And not because I was, um, I didn't grow up vegan or vegetarian, but I did grow up living in fight or flight all of the time. When we're in fight or flight chronically, we can also uh, not digest and assimilate nutrients properly, right? So parasympathetic nervous system state is also known as rest and digest. So if we're not in that state, our body has a hard time, our brain doesn't signal to our guts to release hydrochloric acid, bile, pancreatic enzymes, like those, the enzymes that we need to digest our food are not released as adequately and sometimes not released at all. Um, so <laughs> even if I had uh, been eating the best diet, uh, which I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to uptake those nutrients adequately because I was in fight or flight all the time. So this is the tricky thing. And I see this with a lot of clients. You know, I'll get people that come to me that are like, what, I'm eating the best foods and I've been eating so healthy and I watch what I eat. And, um, but they're usually in a sympathetic state, right? So that's kind of the first thing we'll, we'll look at is like, well, well, what state are you in? How's, how's your blood sugar regulation? How's your cortisol? Where are your hormones at? So working with the nervous system is always the first step. And I want to talk about eight ways that we can regulate our nervous system. 
So the first one is breath work. And this is one of my favorites. It's the first relaxation technique I think a lot of people learn nowadays. You know, there's like a lot of talk about breath work. Like slow and deepen your breath. So when we're in a stressed out state, our breath is quick and shallow. We're breathing just kind of like in our lungs and our upper body versus dropping down into our belly, right? So when we want to drop into the parasympathetic, we want to have a nice long exhale. We want to soothe the body. We want to breathe deep into our system. We want to oxygenate ourselves. The interesting thing is that about 80% of the fibers in the vagus nerve, so the vagus nerve is the nerve um, that is attached to the brain and spinal cord that is kind of the main messenger of the nervous system. It's an essential part of our parasympathetic state that runs all the way through the body. So by consciously slowing and deepening your breath, you're activating relaxation in your body, which tells your brain that you're safe. Um, So that may seem like the most natural thing in the world, but most people don't actually know how to slow down and deepen their breath, or maybe they're not even aware. They're not even aware of their breath. So one of uh, my favorite uh, breathing te- techniques is four, seven, eight breath, right? So in a seated position or wherever you are lying down, um, anytime you're noticing that maybe you're feeling a little anxious, feeling a little overwhelmed, um, you know, it's, it's great to do the breathwork practice when you're noticing that you're entering fight or flight or you're even if you're already in it. But the best thing to do is to just practice breath work regularly because then you're strengthening your vagal tone. You're strengthening your nervous system. Um, Okay, so four, seven, eighth breath. It's in for four through the nose, hold for seven, and out for eight. And the out breath could be through the mouth or through the nose. You want it to be nice and long and slow. And some people have a hard time holding their breath. So maybe holding for that seven count feels a little overwhelming for the system. Well, then you could just do four in and seven to eight out. So that longer exhale and slowing and deepening the breath will help drop us into the parasympathetic. Okay, so the next one is cold exposure. (laughs) I've had a cold plunge for about six months now and I've been using that as a regular practice and wow it has had a huge impact on my nervous system I've always loved cold exposure I um I live in Austin Texas we have Barton Springs here it's 68 degrees year-round which is a pretty great temperature um I've also got a creek nearby I love jumping in it in the winter I just I love cold water I love the the how I feel afterwards how alive I feel how awakened my nervous system feels um, so if you've heard of uh, the Iceman, Wim Hof, <laughs> he's popularized, popularized ice baths and regular cold exposure for stress reduction, stress reduction and other health benefits. If you haven't heard of him, you can look him up. And um, I'm thinking back to the first time I like learned of him or heard of cold exposure, it didn't really make much sense to me because it, it sounded kind of stressful. 
um, like who would intentionally want to make themselves uncomfortable or I was like, well, if you get in cold like that, wouldn't that put you in fight or flight, right? The body's like, you know, when you first get in cold water, it's like, like that seemed like the opposite of what I would want to do. But when you regularly expose yourself to stressful situations that aren't actually life-threatening or harmful, you train yourself to be able to handle, handle other stressful situations that arise in life. And also cold exposure has lots of additional benefits. Um, you know, talking about the, the vagus nerve, when you put cold water on the sides of your neck, you activate the vagus nerve and help your body relax. So next time you're feeling stressed, try taking a cold shower or, or putting a cold rag on your neck. Or if you have access to a cold plunge, try it. Try a regular cold plunge practice. It's really powerful. Since I've, I've been doing cold plunge almost every day for the last six months, except for like around my cycle or when I bleed. Um, and I've just noticed, uh, I mean, I've been doing nervous system practice for a long time, but that that daily cold exposure has been kind of the most profound thing. I, I feel so invincible. <laughs> it just feels so chill in any situation. And like my threshold um, and capacity for life just feels so much more vibrant. Okay. The next one is mantra repetition. All right. So what's a mantra? Similar to an affirmation, uh, a mantra is any sound, word, or phrase that you repeat to yourself. They're used to train the mind. Um, you know, originally I think mantras were used in maybe Buddhism or Taoism to train the mind to focus in meditation. So you're like focusing on something. But they're also really powerful in helping your brain make favorable neural connections that reduce stress. In the case of traditional mantras, you're usually repeating words in an ancient language. And it's said that those words are infused with a, like a, maybe a sort of energy that you then align yourself and your awareness with. So when you repeat your mantra, you drop into a calmer zone. Um, yeah, and there's, there's really powerful evidence that mantra repetition can really help to reduce stress. Um, so what are, um, some mantras that, that we could use, you know, um, you can say a simple one, right? I'm relaxed. I'm peaceful, right? So if we're in a stressed out state, maybe we're, we're wanting to, to cultivate that. Um, like I am beautiful. I am happy. I am strong. I am powerful. Um, or just even a sound like, om. um, Another another powerful sound is voo. Um, voo. I, I learned this in my um, my uh, trauma healing course, and it's the sound voo helps relax the vagus nerve. So if you breathe in and just so it could be like voo. When I have clients here that are in the cold plunge, I, I help. I kind of coach them through this breath, and it, and it's really powerful. Okay, so the next one is going to be meditation and present awareness, right? Mindfulness. Present awareness means turning your attention to the present moment. Because unless you're in immediate danger, the stress you're experiencing invariably 
comes from your focus on the past or the future, right? So anxiety is living in the future. It's anxious, anxious thoughts. It's sinking forward. It's worrying usually. And depression is thinking about the past, rumination, right? So both in either state, we're not in the present moment. So a great way to regulate your nervous system and to reduce stress is to hone in on what's happening right here, right now. Um, we can do this by noticing our breath. We can do this by repeating a mantra. Um, some people like to have a color that they choose to focus on in a moment of intense stress. They may look around and count the things they can spot in that color. It's anything that can really drop you in. You can always practice witnessing the feeling of aliveness in your body too, or just noticing sensation. Um, or focus on the experience of whatever you're doing, whether that's washing dishes or folding the laundry or taking a walk. You know, in today's society, I think a, a lot of the times we're doing so many things at one time. So just that simple practice of focusing on whatever you're doing is can be really powerful. Okay, um, the next one is grounding and nature. Grounding, what is this? Okay, so coming into direct contact with the earth. That has been shown to change the body's electrical charge and have a measurable effect on cortisol levels. So grounding, it's like exactly what it sounds like. You're literally grounding down, right? Cortisol is our stress hormone. So when it's high, we can think of like high. We're kind of in the ethers. We're like, woo. Um, so grounding down can have a huge impact on our stress response. Um, and while there are incredible physiological changes that happen when you spend time with your hands and feet in the earth, you really don't even have to touch the soil uh, to reap the benefits. So yeah, putting your hands on the earth or putting your bare feet on the earth is a really powerful tool. But even just stepping outside and feeling the wind or listening to the birds or feeling the sun on your face, um, really, really powerful. Next one is inquiry. In inquiry. <laughs> Self-inquiry. So... Another way to stop taking your thoughts so seriously is through inquiry. This requires an initial awareness and a willingness to look at our thoughts, especially the ones that are stressing us out. And in the beginning, a lot of people can avoid this practice because they don't want to feel the feelings that are associated with those thoughts. But trust me, it hurts a hell of a lot more to stuff those thoughts and feelings down than to pull them out and discover the truth inside of them. Because when they're just ruminating in the mind, and they stay in there and they create stories and uh, they keep perpetuating themselves. But once we note it and witness it and say it or love it or bring attention to it, it, it takes away the power. And also, you know, noticing... Uh, sensation. So noticing your thoughts is, is one powerful way of self-inquiry, but, you know, noticing sensation of the body. Are you 
connected to the messages of your symptom? Do you know what it feels like to be hungry? Do you know what it feels like to be thirsty? Do you know what it feels like to be tired? Are you in tune with your own system? So, you know, that's, that's another thing is like knowing what you need. Um, and the next thing, um, is movement, energy and motion, right? Emotion and stress and energy can get stuck in the body. Um, so movement is literally working with our life force energy. It's, um, and, and mo- like more embodied movement, um, you know, um, being present in your movement. Um, it could be any type of movement, but just making sure we're present. So whether that's yoga, dance, um, handstands, calisthenics, weights, whatever you like to do, um, you know, turn, tune into your body, um, move energy and, um, you know, movement also increases endorphins and dopamine. Um, so kind of circling back to those neurotransmitters it it helps uh, our vagus nerve relax. And it's, a, it's also a powerful practice of, of self-awareness and inquiry. Oh, and the last one we'll talk about is nourishment, right? So, so many different ways to nourish ourselves. The first one can be through kind of like medicinal herbs, uh, herbs like ashwagandha, holy basil, rhodiola. Um, for example, these are called adaptogenic herbs, and they have a direct impact on your adrenal glands, which pr- produce the hormones that regulate your stress response. Um, so, so those are great forms of nourishment and to nourish your nervous system. You know, the B vitamins I talked about earlier, vitamin D, super important. You know, um, a lot of people who live where there's not a lot of sun in the winter, man, they really feel the impacts of uh, low vitamin D levels. So, you know, supplementing with a high quality of vitamin D or trying to get as much uh, sun exposure on your face, um, fatty acids, right? So, um, fatty acids are really grounding, um, they help stabilize blood sugar. So like carbohydrates, um, they're more, uh, spike blood sugar for eating a lot of carbohydrates, um, or a lot of sugar, it'll spike our blood sugar. And so we want to, um, try to focus on eating in a way that helps stabilize blood sugar. So I like to talk about, um, protein, fat, and fiber and trying to have all of those components at every meal, right? A serving of protein, well, that's four to five ounces of protein, um, whatever source you choose, two to three servings of fat, high quality fats like grass-fed butter, tallow, ghee, duck fat, coconut oil, avocado oil, avocados, um, and then a serving of fiber. So that can be fruit, that can be winter squash, that can be plantains, that can be rice, that can be grains, whatever fiber you choose, right? So trying to have all those components will help stabilize blood sugar. The food we eat has a direct impact on the state of our nervous system, um, right from the actual energetics and qualities of the foods. So they're nutrients, they're micronutrients, they're macronutrients. Um, and their impact on our digestive system and blood sugar balance. So nutrients are a key component of nervous system regulation. 
and nutrient-dense foods will either fuel the nervous system and support deeper healing, or, um, you know, they, they can wreak havoc on the system if they're overly processed or inflammatory um, or, or, or uh, chronically high in, like, carbohydrates or refined carbohydrates. And so those things can actually put our bodies in a state of fight or flight. So <laughs> these are some of my some of my tips to to tune into. And you know, if if you're you're struggling with just like a, a um, nervous system dysregulation, or um, I challenge you to you know play with some of these. Choose a couple to focus on. You know, don't try to do all these things at once. But you know, out of these eight areas, breath work, cold exposure, mantra repetition, or affirmations meditation and present awareness, uh, grounding and nature, self-inquiry, movement and nourishment, you know, which ones could you put some focus on right now that could have a direct impact on the state of your nervous system and your energy and your well-being? So I hope you found this helpful and, you know, please reach out to me if you have any questions, curiosities, feedback. I love connecting with you. I love answering questions. So um, sending you all so much love and wishing you a beautiful day.